Well, good morning, everybody. See that we still have our church leaning a little bit over to this way. <laughs> I know everybody kind of gets comfortable with where they're sitting, and that's all right. But we are excited. We're blessed to have you here this morning with us, whether you're here in the sanctuary with us, whether you are watching on YouTube live, if you're watching on YouTube uh, later in the week, we are blessed to have you here. Uh, we are going to be doing something a little bit differently today. Uh, because this morning, we are going to do a little bit of celebrating. We're going to be doing a little bit of praising God. We want to celebrate God's goodness and His provision. And we want to celebrate your obedience to God's call for just about everything. I look at some of the things that we're working on doing with Vacation Bible School, and I'm watching whole families walking into the church this morning, and their arms are full of food, and Christmas trees and all kinds of other things that you're bringing in for next week. And just, I've, I'm, I'm so pleased, I'm so happy to see so many people doing uh, what we need to do in order to minister to the children of our community. And I'm also grateful, I'm thankful for your generosity of spirit, your generosity of resources, your generosity of finances, all of those things. And I, I firmly believe that God has put that into each of our hearts uh, to, to give as, as he uh, asks us to give, to serve as he asks us to serve. But before we talk uh, more about that, uh, I've asked Linda Guys to come up, um, and I want her to talk a little bit again about, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound really horrible, but our end-of-life ministry. Uh, we, uh, one of the ways that we steward ourselves is to steward uh, service to our families. And Linda's going to come up and she's going to talk about some things that might help your family to navigate things uh, in your, in your end-of-life process. Linda, would you mind coming up? Well, what Pastor would wanted me to talk about a little bit this morning was planning a funeral. Now, I know it's not one of the most important things you want to think about, but it is a most important ritual in our lives. It's a time of mourning, yet it's a time of celebration, and it gives your family and your community the opportunity to come together to say goodbye and to pay tribute to the ones the one that you love, the one that you're losing. And funerals are a topic that most people just want to pass by. They don't even want to talk about it. Some people say, oh, someone else will take care of this when I'm gone. Well, they will, but <laughs> you can have a part in that. We discussed this at one of our deacon meetings, and we found it helpful um, to have some guidelines and it gives the pastor guidelines, too, when he's uh, conducting a, a funeral or um, a last, what am I going to call it? I don't want to say the last, I don't know. Anyway, it helps our pastor. Um, you should have received in your mailbox just all oh, this spring um, a funeral paper that had about... Um, things you would be interested in in having for your, um, your funeral, songs, scriptures, um, 
where you would want to have it, if you're going to be cremated or, or burial. These are, these are things that are helpful for our pastor and anyone that's helping with the, the funeral. If you did not get one, that, you know, I'll gladly see that you get one, or maybe you have your own. You can make up your own. You don't have to use this one. But it helps the pastor know a little bit of, about the family and, um, and the person who, who has died if we don't know them that well. And I have a perfect example of that, which is Jerry. Jerry, our friend, died in January. Uh, he was a member of our congregation. Well, no one knew Jerry's family. Um, he called Morning Hour Chapel his home because he had no family around here. And we didn't even know where his kids were. He had four children. We didn't know their names. We didn't know where they were even how to contact them. So this was an, another thing that um, we thought we need to think about. Um, Jerry was thinking ahead. Those that have known him uh, very well used to say, well, Jerry says he's going to die. We have to, we have to make some arrangements here. You know, he said he had a lot of issues, and uh, he wanted to make, get things right. So. Last fall, he, he went to his attorney. He drew up another will. He changed his will. He changed his executors because he hadn't seen his daughter, his oldest daughter, for seven years. And he wanted to um, change his will. So the attorney helped him to do that. And uh, he had another, other executors. He, and he also wanted the church to have um, any money that's left over. He wanted to give that to the church. So his attorney was the only one that really could help him at first with his personal belongings and his financial debt and all his wishes. So this was something that, as a pastor, we'd like to have on file that would help um, during this time. And that would include your service. It would include, like, if you had any special music, if you wanted to have your kids sing or your grandkids sing or something like that, write it down. Write it down and keep it handy. Let, let your kids know where you have all this information. Um, tell them what kind of a funeral you want or some kind of a service that you want to have. And one other thing, be specific. Now, realize that your loved ones may not follow all your plans but, or everything you want, but this is a conversation you really should have with your, your children or, or your husband or wife. Make them a part of your plans. I even have an aunt that last year, she made um, a bulletin. She wrote it out exactly the way she wanted it. She had her own bulletin. It's ready. I mean, she's not ready to die yet, but she's in her 90s, and, you know, she's thinking ahead. She has that all ready to go, so, and I think she even has her funeral paid for. So um, this information would be good to keep on file. That's why we think if you could hand something like this in to Pastor Joe, he would have that, and then it would be a lot easier for him and those involved in the church. So 
that's where we are on that. And we don't want anybody dying this week. We're just saying that <laughs> this is something that you might want to think about and um, write down and, and consider. So, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. Um, as you can see, it was even hard for Linda to talk about talking about it. Um, and, and again, you know, we're, we're not looking at you saying, yeah, well, okay, they've only got a few months and they've only got a few years. We're not, we're not doing any of those things. Um, and, and again, uh, Linda mentioned uh, Jerry, uh, Gerald Held, uh, passed away in, in January and it was due to complications from, was it, was it COVID? Um, and, uh, some of you who maybe didn't know Jerry by name, he was always the one sitting in the back corner. Um, and, and he was a great storyteller. If you ever got to talk to Jerry, like, you know, if, if, if you saw him approaching, make sure you've got like 15 minutes because he will tell you story after story after story. Um, but he, um, he passed away in January. And, and as it had happened, um, his son, uh, we learned, passed away just before he did. Um, so, and his son, I think, was the person that lived closest to, uh, physically to here. Uh, so, again, we're not, we're not looking for a lot of personal information. We're not looking for anything like that, but uh, just starting to have those conversations. Uh, my uh, in-laws started having those conversations about 15 years ago, and they're still going strong. They're still kicking. They, they're, they're fine, but they understood that uh, you know, when my, when my mom died, I was very distraught. I was very upset. And to have to sit there and then talk to a pastor or talk to a funeral director and try to answer questions is, is just a really difficult thing to do. Um, so again, uh, we, we steward our, uh, our responsibilities to our children, just like we steward anything else. And, uh, we also, uh, again, Linda had mentioned that we are uh, uh, the benefactors of uh, Jerry's will. Uh, Linda and Paul actually have spent the last, what, six months almost, um, kind of going through all of that with the lawyer and doing all of those things. And uh, Paul wants to come up now and just give a, a brief update of, of what's happening with that. We've shared a little bit in uh, services before, but Paul has some things that he wants to let us know about. Well, as you heard that Linda and I were the executors when he did his will, and he did will everything to Morning Hour Chapel, which he considered to be his family at that time. And first of all, I want to thank the people who helped clean out the apartment the Nickies and the Andersons and the Wangers and us clean department, three, three floors, up and down the steps, in and out, up and down. And at that point, what we salvaged out of the apartment, we put in the, uh, yeah, the youth center down here and had a, an estate sale uh, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago. At that point, we uh, sold the car he had and the valuables that were in the apartment. And at that point, we netted about $6,000. Uh, 
most of which is probably going to be in the estate, tied up in the estate, because his, his end-of-life finances weren't the best. So there was a lot of debts to be paid at that point. However, he did have a life insurance policy that was a payable beneficiary to the church, and that was $9,350. So that, that amount of money is also already in the church, and uh, the church board will decide how they want to spend that, and we would appreciate any input from any of you who might have an idea of where those monies should go. So that's pretty much what I have. Paul, Linda, thank you so much for your service in doing those things. Um, and uh, again, if you have any uh, input as far as uh, this, uh, a lot of times when we get uh, bequests from people, uh, they say, please put this towards this ministry or please uh, put this towards uh, improving the sound equipment or improving the sanctuary. Uh, Jerry didn't do that. Jerry just said, here, take it, do whatever you want with it. Um, and since uh, they won't let me buy a new car with it, uh, we're going <laughs> to try to figure out some things to do. Uh, we do have some things, and Bob's going to come up a little bit later and share some things that we uh, might need as far as, uh, as the church building, as far as ministries. Uh, but um, my question for you is, do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that God is good all the time? Do you believe that Christ's church is good because God is good? I... I, I, I solidly believe that, and I believe that, the, that Christ's church should be a body of disciples who do good for others. Um, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, we read in verses 23 to 25, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and we believe that God is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And the author of Hebrews here, uh, some people think it's Paul, somebody, some people think it's somebody else, but the author here is talking about this church of faith, this body of believers, these Hebrews. And he's particularly talking about how the church body might live uh, lives that are clean from sin and from evil, and namely that the church must consider how to love one another and how to stir up one another to good works. Because when we love God and, and we love others, and when we practice the things that Jesus taught us in the Gospels, it's likely that the church and her people will learn to live the lives that are pleasing to God. And that, I, I, I hope, I pray, is your goal, to live a life that is pleasing to God as individuals, but also for us as a congregation to live our lives pleasing to God, whether that's in service to the congregation, whether that's in service to the community, whether that's in service to people halfway around the world. My prayer is that we will 
Always continue to stir up one another to good works and to love. And one of the ways that this author says that we do this is by meeting together so that we can encourage one another to love and to good works. And, and of course, we call that going to church. On Sunday morning, we get up, some of us put on our Sunday best, some of us just get whatever's in the closet. Um, but we, we get together, we gather, we come to church on Sunday morning, um, and we call it going to church. I like to think of it as being the church. I like to think of it as we just cannot help but get together. We cannot help but come together to be encouragement for one another, to spur one another on to love, to spur one another on to good works. And if you think about one of these things that, that you know, they, they kind of always teach is that um, when you do good and people see you do good, they want to do good. And then they see, people see them doing good and they want to do good. And it just kind of has this snowball effect. And when we gather at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning at 491 Germany Road to worship God, we never just walk in and sit down. How many of you just walk in and sit down? Unless you're late, of course. But... <laughs> We never just walk in and sit down. I see people up in the fellowship hall having coffee and having conversations. I see people all over the hallways just talking to one another. And, and I see a lot of people just having this, this time of encouragement, this time of just catching up and learning about the things that we've done over the last week. It's like we're a family. And I love it. I love seeing that happen all throughout this time. Now, of course, at 9 o'clock in the morning, for those of you who aren't aware, we do have a time of, of Sunday school that meets right over in the, in the room next to this one. So if you're interested in uh, coming to Sunday school at 9 in the morning, let us know. And younger people, if you're interested in coming to Sunday school in the morning and you don't want to sit with the older people, we can arrange to have a Sunday school for you guys too. But we can talk about that. On March 15, 2020, we had to announce that morning hour would be closing its doors due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And at the time, we were uncertain about whether we would be closed for weeks or months, possibly longer. There, there was even discussion, well, what happens if we never are able to reopen? What happens if we're never able to get back together again? to spur on one another to love and to good works. And before we closed the church, we were seeing about 52 people a week kind of gathered here. Um, and that's including adults and children. We've got, uh, I don't know how many kids we got downstairs uh, today. What do we got, Dave? Eight kids downstairs with the Sunday school team. Dave keeps track of that every week. And one of the things that was really on my heart, and, and this was what... Less than a month after the board had asked me to stay on as the permanent pastor, I was the interim before, and now they're, you, can you stay on as the permanent? I was like, yes, I would love to stay on as a permanent pastor, and then COVID hit, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> now I have Now I have no church to go to because we're closed. But God's goodness... God's grace and God's love were how 
We kept mourning our chapel, its congregation, its people together, even if we couldn't be together physically. God had placed, and, and this was the most important thing. I know you guys think I'm going to talk about like YouTube and all of that first. No. God had put into place, before I even got here, a team of deacons. And those deacons had worked to build relationships with every person that has walked into these doors, which is what they are to do. Biblically, that is what the deacons do is they serve the individuals of the church. And this team of deacons was incredible and still is incredible. We have a deacons meeting about once every three or four months, and, and every time, one of the first things that Linda talks about as the head deacon is, okay, what new families need new deacons? And we get people assigned with deacons like as soon as we possibly can so that we have a, a point of communication, so that we have a, a person that you can reach out to anytime that you want for prayer or needs or things like that. And God has been so good with our deacons. And I don't know how many times you guys get communicated with, you know, and I, probably a lot more during COVID. But that was one of the things that kept us together as a congregation and helped us to continue encouraging one another was the communication. You would talk to the deacons and the deacons would talk to me and then I would talk to some people and we would just, and it was just an encouraging thing. And I'm so very thankful that the deacon board is who they are and that they have this heart for service. God also placed a church administrator and her husband, Dave, on assignment with us back in August of 2019. Right before I showed up, it was like a month before I first came here as the interim, and they just happened, just happened to have this extraordinary talent in the areas of video production and audio production and live streaming and all of these other things, not to mention their, their musical abilities. And if you're going to be volunteering for VBS next week, you'll get to see those abilities on full display next week. But they just, they have such a love of service because they have a love of God and they have a love for God's people. And right before I got here, they got here. And then six months later, 12, or eight months later, COVID shut us down for a time. But their gifts allowed us to continue to meet together on a weekly basis. Even though we were all sitting in our own living rooms, we were able to meet together. I would record a sermon and the, the, the praise team would record music and the hymn team would record music and the the children's ministry would record the children's message and, and we would send all of that stuff to Dana and Dana would put it all together and post it by 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. So at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, we would all gather together to experience the worship of God at the same time, which to me was incredible. And, you know, with the magic of YouTube, of course, we could, you know, type little chat messages to each other, right? And say, hey, how you doing? But it was just, it was incredible that all of these things had gotten put into place before COVID hit. 
because I believe God knew that those are the things that we would need to keep our church family together. And Dana, from, from March to June, would do these videos every week. We would post these things. And then in June, when we came back, we were only gone for about 10 weeks. We started coming back and started meeting together in person. And Dana would continue to post the videos of the services for the people who couldn't come out, for the people who weren't feeling comfortable being in public, so that they could still experience worship with their church family. And then on October 25th, after uh, mostly Dana and Dave, and I, I kind of just threw ideas at them and they took them and run with them, we, we had our first live streamed service on October 25th, where we have the camera set up and we are sending this service out to people in real time. Hi, real time people. <laughs> but we are. And we have been live streaming ever since. And I pray, honestly, I pray that those who are watching at home um, experience encouragement through our services and that they will soon uh, be able to rejoin us in person. And another encouraging sign of God's goodness working through live streams, we've had several families find us through technology, either through our live streaming or through our Facebook page or things like that, and are now attending with us in person. I love the things that God is able to do when we are faithful to our resources when we are faithful to him, when we are faithful to keeping our community strong, when we are loving each other and, and working for good works. And before we closed in March 2020, we had, like I said, about uh, 52 people on average that attended with us. In the 10 weeks where we were posting the services at 10 o'clock in the morning, we were averaging 64 people who were watching the services, the pre-recorded services with us. And in the first five months of 2021, we we're back to about 50 people a week on average in person, plus another 20 households watching during the week, either watching live or watching uh, the, the recording later. And I think we can praise God for his goodness and his provision for bringing together a congregation, for bringing together a staff, for bringing together a deacon board, that has just used its gifts and its talents to keep our ministry to the congregation and our ministry to the, to the community strong and encouraging. And God has also given us gifts and talents uh, to, to help in our community. And I've heard stories of people learning of needs in the local community and, and just going and taking care of them. People in this congregation, oh yeah, I heard so-and-so needed this and I just took this over to them. Or I heard that New Hope Ministries needed something and we went over, we took all of these things. And I've heard stories of people learning of local families having needs like on social media and they would just get out there. Okay, people, we got to get out there. We got to help these people. It has been so incredible to watch God working in those things. This year, uh, after we have been able to get back, um, back in October, we had a, a, our fall festival, and it was, it was outside, and we tried to keep it safe. We had the chili cook-off, and we had a, a, a night of movies. We had Esther uh, from Sight and Sound. We had all of these things that we invited the community to. And just this year, in April, we had our Easter Berlin egg hunt, which uh, Sarah almost single-handedly 
put together with the help of Tanya, of course, and with the help of the congregation donating things. Um, and we were able to minister to 750 people. 750 East Berliners came out and experienced, and for a lot of them, the first time they had been anywhere doing anything with other people outside of their families. And the joy that I saw and the happiness that I saw in those people was just astounding. And I've heard, uh, I've heard from other pastors, yeah, some people went to uh, Easter Berlin, now they're coming to our church because we had several churches set up their things there as well. God is working in this community and he is working through the faithfulness of this congregation and, and I am just, I'm beyond grateful, I am beyond thankful to him. This coming Sunday, uh, the 20th, Father's Day, we start Vacation Bible School and we're going to get the opportunity to minister to children and families in the community, providing them with a free meal, providing them with a time of worship of Jesus Christ, a time of learning about God, a time of just having fun and playing games. And we have so many people, and I want to thank everybody who's volunteering to do that. And if you haven't volunteered yet, we still need people to see Sarah before you leave today because we could always use more people to help us out. The Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 8, he writes this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times... You may abound in every good work. And I praise God. I praise him every day that I see cheerful givers here in this congregation, givers of time, givers of resources, givers of finances. And you have been faithful in being those cheerful givers. You've been faithful stewards of the things that God has provided to you because everything we have, we know, comes from God. Wendy and I had conversations years ago and where we finally decided, you know, we used to think, well, well, no, we don't want to have anybody over to our house because they'll mess our house up and we'll have to clean it and we'll have to do all those things. And then we realized it's not our house. That's God's house. He just is letting us use it for a while. And once we got that idea that the things that we have are not ours, the money that we have is not ours, when we became cheerful givers of our time and our resources and our finances, God has just so richly blessed us in every way possible. This morning I've asked uh, Renee Anderson to come and speak for a few minutes about our church's blessings and particularly our financial blessings. And I've also uh, asked Bob Anderson, uh, her lovely husband, to uh, come and uh, talk about some of the things that the church is in need of right now um, and things that we are hoping to accomplish over the next several months uh, and maybe years um, because we want to also be faithful stewards of the things that God has given to us as a congregation. Uh, so, Renee, if you wouldn't mind coming up, and then Bob's going to come right after 
Good morning. Welcome. Um, yes, Pastor has asked me to cover the financial picture of the church. Um, me being the church treasurer has, I have that information, so <laughs> that works out well. Um, but I thought it would be interesting to see from 2019 to 2020 to 2021, do a three-step picture as to where we were and where we're at today. So in 2019, the board had set a budget of $98,620 for the year. And the income for that year was $76,444. So our expenses for that year were 85,167. So there was a little bit of difference there. So we needed to cover the expenses so we transfer money from what we call our TAP account, which I'll explain a little bit later what we call the TAP account and what it entails. So we were a little bit shy that year. And then in 2020, we set our budget at 75,500 based on previous years, seeing where our money went, where it was put. Well, our income for 2020 was $78,257, and our expenses were $64,783. So that year we had a greater income than our expenses, so we were able to increase our TAP account by the excess amount. So then in 2021, we set a budget at $85,940. And our income to date is $40,841. Our expenses are $28,742. So here again, with greater income than expenses, we've been able to increase our TAP account accordingly. I mean, I've been the treasurer off and on for several years, and I can honestly say God really has truly blessed us. Um, so our TAP account is an interest-bearing savings account that we have, and it's being held at our headquarters in Grantham. There's several accounts within the TAP account, um, and they each have their own money funds in there. One is a, uh, the benevolence account. We do have a little bit of benevolence money that we save there, although the, there also is a benevolence checking account that the deacons take care of as well. Then we have what we call our B2B account, which is our business-to-business -business account, which we ended up getting a grant from. Um, it's called Blessed to be a Blessing. And we use that out in the community. Some of it was used for the Easter Berliner. Wherever we see a need, in the past, we've set up at the high school and fed the students after their sporting events, when they had to go to other things and couldn't get home to have dinner. We've done used the money for that. We have our children's ministry in there. And the children's ministry came from several years ago when we had a yard sale. We split the money in half, half for our benevolence and half for to be used in the children's ministry in some way. So there's still money in the TAP account to be used for our children's ministry as well. Um, Closet of Hope, which you know we, we take food and if we don't have enough donated, we use the Closet of Hope money to, in excess to pay for the food that's needed to supply. Um, we received a youth room grant, <clears throat> grant money 
from uh, when they used to have the, what I want to call that, the out here in the parking lot where you could do donations, and then we would receive money based on the weight of the donations that was in there. We used that, and we, we actually remodeled the interior of our school house, which is considered our youth room. We've used the money to do that. There is um, still some funds in there for the youth room grant. And then we have a separate account in there as well for our local operating funds, which is our budgeted items that if we need money in excess to pay for something that needs to happen, if we wouldn't have enough to pay for our heating and cooling bill or um, telephone, anything that pay the pastor. <laughs> um, so there's money in there for that as well. And that, that's the accounts that at this time are in the TAP account. They can easily be transferred within a day directly to our checking account, so they're easily accessible when we need them. Um, the account balance for that in 2019 was, um, this is strictly uh, the local operating fund account, was $4,558. In 2020, 2020, we were able to increase it to $14,257. And so far, year to date in 2021, we have $21,070 in there now. So it has grown, and just a blessing, God, um, to be thankful. And I don't know if <clears throat> everyone knows, we, do, we did a building project back in 2005, and we actually borrowed $200,000 from the Brethren in Christ Foundation in Mechanicsburg. Our balance owed at the end of the year in 2019 was $40,483. So within 2005 to 2019, from $200,000, we now owe $40,483. And then moving on to 2020, at the year end of 2020, we owed $31,748. So we continue to pay over and above our requirement uh, payment that they want us to have and we have always done that we've always decided as a board we're going to pay extra the building fund is not part of our budget items um, at the rate that we're going now we will have this loan paid off by September of 2023 which is <laughs> yeah woohoo <laughs> <laughs> Um, but our monthly payment that is required um, this year was $1,025. Well, we pay $1,119. Now, if somebody would designate money strictly for the building fund, and in the end, we have more than that $1,019 payment, uh, we send in an extra payment over and above the $1,119. And so far this year, we've been able to send in an extra $984 above the total monthly payments year-to-date of $5,595 that we've made year-to-date. So it, it, it's just another blessing to see. Um, as a treasurer, I've seen years where there hasn't been funds, and we've had to pull out of our local operating fund in the TAP account to make the, the building payments. Praise God the money was there, though, that we still could do it. Um, 
But there are several ways that we have to be able to give, um, of course, the traditional envelopes that are in the pews. We have Easy Tithe, which is an online giving, and we have Easy Tithe text to giving. And you can access Easy Tithe through morninghourchapel.org forward slash give, or you can text the word give to 717-259-2178, and it'll step you through um, the, to be able to, to text to give. Designated offerings that are put and specified for particularly for items noted when giving are, they're not used for our local operating budget. If you would put in something for VBS, those funds will strictly be applied for VBS and can only be applied for VBS. So anything that is not noted and goes in, it goes into our local operating fund, which supports all the budgeted items that we have as well, financially, in our year budget. I mean, we've continued to see how the Lord has blessed Morning Hour Chapel, and we are truly grateful for all the finances he has provided for us to continue to do the ministry of this church, which is his church. Um, and I, as a treasurer, want to not only praise God, but also want to thank all who financially supported this church in, in whatever way. I mean, it's just been a blessing um, for it. And then on the next note, um, Pastor has also asked me, I am the Everance representative, the stewardship for them here at this church. Um, and I just wanted to highlight a little bit about Everance. Um, Everance helps our congregation and attenders integrate their finances with their faith. Um, we are stewardship they are a stewardship ministry of the Mennonite Church USA and other churches. Their difference is Everance is a financial service organization that helps people, again, integrate their faith and values with their decision about money. Um, Everance continues to respond to the needs of its members as we help them meet their everyday financial needs and practice their faith. Some of the services that they provide to the individuals are educational resources and membership benefits, which is books, curriculums, study guides, seminars, events, budget and debt counseling, membership benefit programs, a sharing fund grant. They have scholarships available for students who are going on to college. They can apply for, um, for scholarships. They have a banking and lending service. They have a checking and online banking. Um, savings and health accounts, uh, personal businesses and loans, mortgage loans for churches, and we did as a church also went with, you know, check them out when we did our loans, and we do pretty much every so many years check to see if there's any way we could have refinanced to save money for the church. Um, they have insurance plans, annuities, disability, Medicare supplement health plans, health reimbursements, um, life insurance policies, long-term health care. Uh, they have um, asset management services, comprehensive financial planning, investment managing, trust and estate planning and administration, business succession planning, charitable service and gifts planning, and a family legacy planning. Um, the thing with Everance is people who purchase Everance products, they help it helps benefit others and congregations in many ways. 
Um, these benefits add no extra cost and have no affected premium or effect fees on anything that you would um, start with them. Uh, part of Everance is incorporated as a fraternal benefit association, which means the dollars we don't have to pay in government taxes can be used for individual and community benefits. Um, and these benefits include educational resources, sharing fund grants, chapter grants, and other member, fit, member benefits. But their services that they offer for people in our congregation, congregation and they have a matching fund um, grant that they offer. Um, if somebody in our church is down and out and needs help and they, we as a church donate specifically to that family for a need. All we have to do is let them know, prove that we paid, you know, the, the funds to them and they send matching checks for us to give to that family as well. And that increases as our memberships for people that are involved in Everance from here, that'll increase each year. This year we have um, $1,000 uh, because of the number of people that we have. They, de they determine that every year. And we have used some of it already this year, but they have a credit union. Um, and I'm gonna, put some of these out there in the little folder that's hanging on the wall. If you're interested in uh, their credit union, there's brochures. If you have any questions on Everance, please you know, feel free to just see me, ask me. I can point you in the right direction or help you with what you need to have done in that respect as well. So thank you. Good morning. Well, sometimes it was good that Renee was the treasurer. As a trustee, and uh, the trustees, I'm just going to name them quick here, uh, is are Glenn Nicky, Roy Brodbeck, uh, Louis D'Onofrio, and Brian Smeltzer. And we as trustees take care of the physical needs of the church. The thing that was nice, or maybe not so nice, when as Renee's treasurer, when things were a little tough, if we needed to fix something, I'd say, well, we need to put in a new unit over here. She'd say, not this year we're not. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of good or bad that uh, I knew that uh, I knew kind of where our finances stood. And I do know that over the years, sometimes our finances weren't very good. Uh, but uh, God has been good to the church. He's blessed us in finances when we needed things Somehow, he, he provided for us. Uh, and I have a few examples, but uh, um, some of the things like now we're looking at is our schoolhouse. Uh, it's a part of history here, I guess, in, uh, um, on Germany Road in Reading Township. And uh, the stonework is getting bad. Uh, one of our trustees, Mr. D'Onofrio, um, looked at uh, fixing some of that, and I've seen work is uh, done on that um, but uh, he, he's one of our trustees but that doesn't mean he is the one that has to do it anybody can help out uh, in any as in, in any uh, degree um, 
we had, uh, there's some ceiling tiles that are wet, you see, and we're still working. I think the schoolhouse, we've fixed that. Um, Chris isn't here today, but Chris is our resident uh, roof repair man. Oh, he's in the booth. He is here. He, yeah, he's always here. Yeah, I was looking. Like, but um, so, uh, you know, we got to take care of the grounds. Uh, the water system, we have a well. DEP tells us we need to take water samples every month, uh, quarterly samples then also for other things, uh, nitrates, nitrites, and uh, we, we, we have to we take those samples. That has to be done to ensure that the public here has good drinking water. Uh, the sewer, the septic system here now, Reading Township, if you know, if you live in Reading Township, in this area, this year, we need to uh, have it pumped and have it inspected. So hopefully there, there's no, you know, incurred fees there to add, add anything. Uh, works well. We don't have issues with it. So it should, it should be good. Uh, but we have to take care of that. Um, major and minor repairs. Um, and Renee just touched a little bit on uh, designated offerings. Um, right before COVID, before Joe became bad, uh, we had a designated, a designated offering of $10,000 to upgrade the sound system and anything that was needed in the sanctuary. Uh, all that stuff was on order. Things changed, and uh, when it when they when it came in, we were like, I didn't have anything to do with that, uh, even though that's an upgrade to the to the building. But uh, as Joe pointed out, God had always put had already put Dana and Dave in place. He came in, worked with uh, AV Solutions, I believe it was, set up how they wanted things put. It, was, it went without any glitches, so, and thank you again for that, Dave. Uh, so, so that was a designated offering. So that money can only be used for that. There's, there's some of that is still left over. So I think when the, we're going to upgrade the stage as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, a thing here, so when we upgrade the stage, they'll probably all new carpet. So that, that'll be, that'll be uh, an upgrade. But we did uh, the HVAC systems. Uh, in here, it's relatively new, the air conditioning, relatively new in the foyer. But in the fellowship hall, 1978, those units were placed out there, and they're still working. And, and we're, uh, Glenn has worked in that field all his life with the air. So he, so he, you know, it's like, eh, if it's, you know, like, I always thought if it's not broke, we're not going to fix it. But it is something that we have, we have to keep our eye on, and that's, that's pretty expensive to replace units there. But that's something that, you know, that's something that we're keeping our eye on. Um, in, 19, like I said, in 1962, this building was built. In 1978, Fellowship Hall was put on. And in 2005, as Renee pointed out a little bit, the new bathrooms, the foyer was, in, was enlarged. Uh, with some little office space and things. So, uh, so that was done. Um, I just pointed out when he said any money left over. Movie night is something now that's been a thing. Tony says, we need projectors. We need screens for outside. 
So there, there's always things that we're looking at, but we try to be very good stewards of your money. Uh, we appreciate everything that's tithed and given, and for as trustees, a lot of it is your time. Uh, you do not have to be a trustee to help paint or help do things. Uh, I think Andy Simpson, I think I can say this, has offered to redo the stage uh, to help. Uh, Chris has always offered to do anything on the roof that needs prepared because he knows what he's looking for. So uh, we all have gifts, we all have some talents, and uh, you know what is yours. If you need, if you want to help out in anything, uh, just we just ask that you uh, you, you come to, to somebody in the, uh, the trustee. And we take it to the board and we get it approved and we can do those things. Um, we do this because of communications. Uh, so please, we've, we've often thought that our communications, uh, we try to be good with it, but sometimes we're not the best in doing that. But if you have any questions, if you see something that needs attention, if it's just a light that's out, Bring it to our attention. And I point there because I know it's out. I see it's out. <laughs> but uh, there's, there's things that you know, we look at every day and we miss it. So uh, please, uh, please, please bring it to our attention. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. And I know this is not a, this is not a normal uh, service. Uh, as, as, you are, as I'm hearing people kind of whispering in the background. And, and, and that's okay. Uh, we want you to know what's happening in, in this building, in this congregation, because the things that happen here impact the things that are going to be happening out there in East Berlin and in Adams County and in the schools. We've got things going on now with uh, uh, searching for a, a youth pastor because we want, to have, you know, we want to have the ability to minister to the high school and the middle school here in, in Bermudian Springs. We want to be able to minister to the, the students that are already here in, uh, it, in our congregation. Uh, so we've got all of these things that are going on, and we, and we like to be able to, to let you know about those things. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about uh, with regards to our giving. Um, you may or may not be familiar with uh, Numbers chapter 18, and I'm not going to read any of it. No, I'm not going to read all of Numbers chap uh, chapter uh, 18, 25 to 28. But God actually commands his people in the Old Testament to tithe. And then he commands his people to take a tithe of the tithe to support the people who are actually doing the ministry, so the Aaron the priest and the, and, and the other priests in the temple. And of course, we don't have an Aaron the priest, uh, but uh, what we do have in the Brethren in Christ Church is, is we have the denomination. And many of you are not familiar with this, but uh, the Brethren in Christ asks each congregation to give a tithe of our tithe, to give a tithe of the amount that we bring in for local operating funds only, not anything that's designated, just our, our tithes and our offerings. And they request that the churches give 10% uh, for something known as common ministry. If you've been in Brethren in Christ for a while, you know it is cooperative ministry, but they changed the name recently. It's now common ministry. And common ministry goes beyond what we can do. 
So for example, common ministry, uh, as we give our 10 cents for every dollar, common ministry uh, takes all of those funds and puts them together and combines them with all of these other things and does things like sends missionaries. So when we give to the common ministry, we are funding missionary work across the world. We're funding church planting. So I just found out like a couple of months ago, this was really weird, my hometown of Essex, Maryland, they're planting a Brethren in Christ church down in my hometown, which sorely needs a Brethren in Christ church in Essex, Maryland. Uh, it is, it is, uh, it's an interesting place. But uh, our giving to the common ministry helps to fund, uh, be able to, to, to pay the pastor and the staff down there and be able to start those things. Uh, and, and this is something that, that is just dear to me, they also provide pastoral help for pastors. Uh, a lot of you don't realize that pastors don't have pastors. Um, I'm, I'm here as the pastor of this church. I don't have a pastor. I've got a bishop and I've got those people. But um, part of our giving then helps to provide ministry, helps to provide pastoral care for the pastor's in the Brethren in Christ Church, which I think is just, it's so important for that. Um, and over the past several years, uh, Morning Hour Chapel, and, and Renee will tell you, we've had to make a difficult decision not to give 10%. We've, we've just not had the funds available. We've always had these shortfalls. Um, however, the board is discussing ways that we can get our, our giving to that 10%. Uh, we also uh, support a, a uh, local uh, Missionary, Ben and Eunice Stoner, they have been here a couple of times, um, and we support them as well, but we are hoping to continue to partner with those missionaries and those church planters and those pastors to be able to help them to build the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul told the Philippian church, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In, every, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of place, uh, facing plenty, and facing hunger, abundance, and need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Parents, we have used those, that verse many, many times. I can do all things through Christ which, who strengthens me. And Morning Hour Chapel has certainly known low times. Uh, we've also known abundant times. And on this day, I just stand in awe of God's provision. God is a just-in-time God. God is a God who provides when we need it. If you think about the, uh, the, the Israelites wandering through the desert, God gave them manna for the day. Not manna for the week or the month or manna to put away for retirement, but manna for the day. God is a just-in-time God. He meets our needs when we have our needs. And I, again, am just so grateful, so thankful that God meets the needs of this congregation so well. I'm thankful to you for meeting the needs of the people in our community, the people in our congregation that, that, that have needs. And I just want to say that I praise him because of this church family on Germany Road, because... You have continued to prove yourselves obedient to his will. You have continued to prove yourself obedient to the things that God wants you to do with your talents 
and your resources. And if you want to do anything, like Bob said, if you want to do anything, come and talk to us. Tell us. We need people uh, to run tech. We need somebody to run the camera so that, you know, Josh can take a, a week off every once in a while because he's ever there every week that he's there. If you wanted to, to help build things, when, we, when, when Tanya gets her wish and we get the projectors and the, and the, the screens and everything, you want to help out with that, you can help out with that. If you want to help out in children's ministry, come and tell us that you want to help out. VBS, come and tell us you want to help out. Anything you want to do. If you want to make uh, sermon slides, uh, come and talk to me and we'll talk about you making sermon slides. Whatever you want to do, wherever your talents that God has given you lie, use them. Use them for building up this congregation. Use them for encouraging people in the community. Use them for building the kingdom of God in this world. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for this congregation. But most of all, Lord, we thank you for you. We thank you that you have provided for this congregation in so many different ways. Even when it looked like things were just falling apart, just at the right time, just in the right way, you have given your provision. And Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for uh, the blessings that you pour out to your people. We thank you for the blessings that you pour out to people that aren't your people, that you care for all people equally, that you are looking to provide for them. Father, we ask that you would help us to use our time, our talents, our resources, our finances, anything that you have given to us to be a light in Adams County, to be a light in East Berlin, to point people to the cross of Jesus Christ so that they might know him, so that they might know you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The videos that you have been watching are songs that we're going to be teaching to the children at Vacation Bible School next week. If you like those songs, if you like children, if you like serving God in that way, please talk to Sarah this morning. Let her know that you are willing to serve our children of the community this uh, coming week, uh, starting, ne well, starting next week on June the 20th. And now I pray that you will realize that everything you have comes from the God of heaven and earth. Place your hope and trust in him and be obedient to his will and use your talents, your gifts, and your resources for the building of the kingdom of heaven. God bless you this week.